Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I am super excited today to be sitting down with Cody Neal Martinez. And Cody owns Wondering Maverick Boutique, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. And we met, we happened to be across from each other at the FFA convention in 2021. And that's how I met her and fell in love with her and her brand and have followed her along. And so, Cody, thank you so much for joining me. Will you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, Tyler. And thank you. So it's funny you mentioned about us being across from each other on the booth. My husband's currently up in Denver. So I called him this morning and I was like, yeah, I have a podcast interview today with Tyler. Like, do you remember Texas FFA convention? Not this year, but last year they're right across from us. And so it's funny that you said that because I said that exact story today, but to all the listeners, like Tyler said, my name is Cody Neal Martinez. I am currently living in Goliad, Texas, where I graduated from. Um, I grew up on a cattle ranch. I grew up as a rancher's daughter. I was very active in 4-H and FFA growing up, showing steers and lambs. And then I was really active into livestock judging. Um, Once I decided to you know, graduate high school and decided to start looking at to where what colleges I wanted to attend, I decided to attend Texas A&M University, where a lot of my story unfolds in college. And I'd love to get into that a little more in depth. But just kind of overview and brief, I went into Texas A&M as a freshman animal science student. I was on the wool judging team. Um, January of my freshman year, I started Wandering Maverick Boutique, which was actually in a different name. Um, it was actually called Five and Ranch and Designs. And I started that with a Christmas gift and $200 for the sheer fact of, I knew I wanted to be on judging teams. I knew that judging teams did not allow a quote unquote typical job and college is expensive and rent is expensive. And so I knew I wanted to like have money to be able to do things while I was in college. So I was in college and then I decided to start this and then I decided, oh, I love business side of things. Let me switch my major to ag economics. That lasted all of one semester and I said, I hate college. I want to drop out. Um, My mom did not let me drop out of college, which was very rude of her at the time. But looking back, I'm glad she didn't. And so my sophomore year, the second semester, spring semester, I was like, well, I can't drop out of college. I don't want to be an animal science major. I don't want to be an ag economics major. I just met some lady who actually is our department head. And she said she works in the poultry science department, which I didn't even know was a thing. So I walked in there. I sat down with my soon-to-be advisor and I said, my name's Cody. You don't know me. I don't know you. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I heard poultry science is easy. Will you help me out? And so I became a poultry science major, maybe had touched chickens like five times in my life before this. And so um, I ended up graduating as a poultry science major from Texas A&M in May of 2021 and moved back to Goliad. And since then, we have built a new warehouse that we just got moved into and got married and we run everything out of our small town. 
I love that. And I love how you ended up in an industry you probably never thought you would of poultry science. Poultry and, science and boutique. Like, what? But you make it work and you have such um, a niche market in business. And I think people like myself, um, I obviously love wearing things cattle related and ag related because it stirs up a conversation. And it's a great way for me to talk to people who otherwise would have no idea anything about agriculture. So I love that. Well, in that you talked a little bit about you come from a cattle ranch. And so, you know, did you show growing up and how were you involved in agriculture? And where did your passion for agriculture really start? Yeah, absolutely. So I really love to talk about my journey with ag because it's a lot. <laughs> um, and so I was born um, and my dad was a cattle rancher. Ever since I was little, I've grown up on a ranch and it wasn't until about three or four years ago that my parents even moved off of the ranch. And so being a cattle rancher's daughter is the number one thing that I did. And I come from a multi-generational agriculture family, so I never knew any different. Well, growing up, I was the kid who always loved going out with my dad to the ranch, mainly because I was really mean to my older brother and my mom would be like, here, take her for the day, take her to go work with you. And so I did a lot of the like ranch stuff and it would be like sorting gates or going and finding the goldfish troughs and like feeding them goldfish or riding my horse while they were doing cattle work. And so I was able to see firsthand kind of those experiences since a very young age. Um, luckily I had cool parents that like, let me skip preschool and kindergarten and stuff class days to go work cattle. And so that was really fun. Well, as we were growing up, my parents used to actually do a lot in terms of breeding quarter horses. And my grandfather was a, um, he trained racehorses kind of up in Kentucky and they had a lot of horse ties. And so when I was approaching third grade, I was actually not eight years old and the rules have kind of changed. And so during third grade, I was not allowed to show in 4-H or FFA because I was only seven and I, I was a year ahead during grade school. And so I really loved horses and we were taking horse riding lessons. And it's really funny to say this part of my story is I actually showed ponies for about a year and a half. Um, we did everything from like, I can't even tell you exactly how my pony showing days went, but there was a costume portion in the pony contest. And so I was in my little poodle skirt and my pony was a milkshake. And then I learned how to do horse judging. And so that was up to third grade. So I was in the cattle industry. I learned a little bit about the horse industry from riding to showing to judging and then when fourth grade came along my older brother had show steers so I ended up showing steers um after that first year I told my parents you know what like steers are cool and all but I really like sheep and so I ended up showing lambs too um not nearly as many lambs or as competitively with lambs but that was kind of like my little fun passion project um compared to the steers and so Throughout high school, I kind of also mentioned a little bit is I did a lot of livestock judging. And ever since I was young, we did a lot of livestock judging. And that's something we did like every single weekend. And I wasn't really good at it when I first started. Um, my parents actually sat me down and I vividly remember this. I was in fourth or fifth grade and they said, you know what, Cody, like 
livestock judging is not for everyone. If you'd rather do like gymnastics or ballet, you can do that. Don't think that you have to do livestock judging, um, which looking back is really funny. And then we realized that I just didn't understand how to write a placing down. I really was just struggling with that. So, but during that life, like judging career, I was able to get experience in agriculture, not only public speaking with reasons, but I was able to somehow learn how to judge pigs because I had no experience around pigs. I really struggled with the whole pig thing. I was able to learn the pig industry and look at goats um, and then the breeding side of things and all of that. When I got into high school, I was a part of the Texas Youth Livestock Ambassador Program, which really sparked my interest into international agriculture and going into that um, I was able to travel to Uruguay and Argentina with the Texas Youth Livestock Ambassador Program, and I love just being able to kind of compare that back to agriculture um, in the United States. And I did their advocacy program, and like that's where I kind of really sparked a lot of interest into agriculture. And there's a part of my story where I say during that Texas Youth Livestock Ambassador Program is... I sat and I vividly remember saying, why is agriculture reactive? Why is agriculture not proactive in terms of advocating for ag? And so getting into that side of agriculture things, and then my senior year, I served as Texas 4-H president. Um, so I kind of was able to hit a couple different industries, public speaking, leadership, all of that through ag. And then, like I said, I went to college um, and decided to just completely switch up. And I hadn't been in the poultry industry, so might as well join that as well. So agriculture has honestly been something that I've never known any different. And I think as I've grown up, I've really enjoyed realizing that agriculture does is not a one shoe fits all. It's not your Cinderella type of moment. I kind of spoke about, oh, I was doing public speaking. Well, that's an ag. Livestock judging, that's an ag. Leadership, like people don't realize all these different things. And people don't even realize, like, I sell t-shirts and I'm in agriculture. And from the, like the outside looking in, people expect not only to say if you're in agriculture or to be a woman in agriculture, they just expect you to be on the farm or ranch and doing all of that and so I think I really enjoy being able to, during my walk through agriculture, see different industries because I think that's given me a nice background background to be able to advocate for more industries. Um, but agriculture is just something that, like I said, I've known no different. So, well, I'm talking about I studied abroad and comparing agriculture in other countries compared to the. America, United States, even just Texas is so eye-opening. And so to have that experience at such a young age, I bet really it would have inspired me too. So I loved hearing about that. And you talked about you started Wondering Maverick, you know, with a Christmas gift and $200. And so from there, what did it look like? You know, were you just cricketing things or how did you get to where you are today? I mean, now you have tons of products. I literally have my cup I just bought. And so you sell a wide variety of things from stickers to shirts and caps and hoodies. And you connect with people through merchandise. Yes. Yeah, so 
I never expected. And I just recently had a speaking gig too. And I kind of talked about Wandering Maverick and I talked about my five-year goal and plan. And when I graduated high school, I was going to go to Texas A&M. I was going to be on the wool judging team and the livestock judging team. I was going to graduate with my honors, animal science. You know, I was going to go get my master's in international agriculture. I was never going to move back home. And five years passed by and I, you know, quit the livestock judging team. I judged poultry. I judged wool. I started a business. I did not go and get my master's. I did not do any of those. And so it's funny to see the impact that Wandering Maverick had because I never expected it to be anything. Five years ago, I thought right now I'd be at Oklahoma State University finishing up a master's in international agriculture, not inside of a warehouse printing and shipping merchandise. And so my freshman year, um, that Christmas, I got a cricket for Christmas and then I used cash from other family members. So $200. And like I said, I just needed money because college is expensive. And I was very thankful for the scholarships I'd gotten, but my parents had always told me like, you're working in college, you're going to get a job. You would need to put into some of this. I'm just like, no, like you're not just going to, we're not just going to give you money every single month. You have to work for it. And I'm very thankful because that's the biggest lesson I knew growing up is you get out of it, what you put into it. And so I took that money and I said, well, I kind of have this idea of selling a few t-shirts just to make extra money, um, using my cricket, selling some koozies or something. And so I went in my closet and I pulled out every single graphic tee I owned and I said, okay, this one's Bella Canvas brand. Okay, this one's Comfort Wash. And so then I get to Google and I said, how do you buy Bella Canvas t-shirts wholesale? And then all these sites pop up and it said, well, you need a tax ID number. So then I opened a new tab and I said, how do you get a tax ID number? And then it was like, okay, how do I go to the Texas government page and do the EIN and do all of this. And so Google was truly my best friend. And I made a few t-shirt designs and I remember I'd launched them and it's actually five years next week. So January 23rd, I launched in 2018 and I said, I have to sell 10 t-shirts. And once I sell 10 t-shirts, I can buy a heat press. Um, I had looked on Amazon and it was like $180 heat press that I wanted to do. And so I launched it that first day and I said, it'll take two or three weeks to make because I had to order the inventory. Um, and I was honestly hoping I could, you know, get a heat press. So I didn't just iron on this vinyl and sell it to people. And so I remember that night I sold 11 t-shirts to friends and family. And so I bought my heat press. I ended up doing it. And I have a really funny story. The first shirt I ever made was upside down and backwards, the design on it. So I had truly no idea what I was doing. Um, after that, like I said, started with a cricket, started doing vinyl. Things just kind of snowballed. Um, and I think it was truly because there wasn't many other kind of ag company t-shirts, but also like friends and family helped me a lot. My friends got stuff they posted, my family members got stuff and posted. And so during that first year, like I had no direction, no idea what I was doing. I was flying by the seat of my pants and everything that I did. And so a couple months passed by, I guess a month or two, and I get a message from a boutique on Facebook. And they, I just remember like looking at this boutique and they had 80,000 likes. And I'm like, little me, they all want to buy wholesale from me. And um, they did. So they placed a wholesale order. And so then I was like, oh, this is awesome. But 
if you've never weeded vinyl for 200 shirts, it's not awesome. It's quite time consuming. And so I quickly decided, oh, like I want to do sublimation. I found an Etsy seller that had um, like sublimation prints. And so I started buying my sublimation prints. I eventually bought a sublimation printer. And throughout that first year, I was just kind of selling t-shirts here, selling t-shirts there, doing a little bit of wholesale, kind of learning things. And then I took um, seven months in, I decided to change my name because I had taken a, a boutique course and they were like, oh, we wish we would have named our name differently because people think that we are only a Western store. And at that time, I was not wanting to be an agri or like I did not have it set out to be like, oh, this is an agriculture company. I was just a girl selling t-shirts. I was selling whatever on them, you know, cactus, beer, like whatever on the t-shirt. And so I said, okay, well, I don't want my name to be five and ranch. I want it to be something else. And so I came up with the name Wandering Maverick is because one, I love to travel. I always knew I wanted to travel. So that's where I got the wandering from. And then Maverick, um, when people on the ranch, I mean, I never saw Top Gun in my defense until the second one came out last year. So I didn't know Maverick was such a popular name. Um, I just knew it was like, you know, an untamed, unbranded bull you can't catch on the ranch. And so I wanted it to tie into agriculture that way. And so that's how Wandering Maverick was born. I started doing wholesale. Well, I think the next big important part of my timeline would be January 2020. So two years after I did Wandering Maverick, um, I was on the wool, I mean, on the poultry judging team. I was on the livestock judging team. I was taking 16 hours. I was getting told by everyone, like, you have to get an internship. It's going to be between your junior and senior year of college. Everybody gets an internship right now. So I remember we drove to Atlanta for IPPE with the poultry department and everyone's interviewing. And I was like, there's nothing here I want to interview for. I don't want to spend my summer in a chicken barn. Like I'm interested in marketing. I'm interested in international ag. I want to go that route. And it's funny because one of the first things I learned in college is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and I was thankful that my department head, she took me over to the Merck Animal Health booth where I quickly um, met someone and he went to kindergarten through senior year with my parents. He was on my dad's collegiate livestock judging team and he was over hiring. And so that's so nice, neat, like a small circle, small world moment that happened right there. So I ended up taking a poultry marketing internship with Mark Animal Health and I was set to move to Kansas City that summer. Um, at that time in January, I sold five orders for Wandering Maverick. Um, and January, March, January through March of 2020, I sold less than 20 orders. And I always say this because at that time I was like, you know what, like everyone says you have to get a real job. Like this is always just going to be a side hustle. I truly had no idea where, what it could grow into, where it could go. And I was like, it's just, you know, it's whatever, like, it'll just always be a side gig. Um, maybe I could sell it to someone who's, you know, wanting to already have some followers or anything like that. And so that's also the time that I met my now husband. And there was like three people who knew like, oh, I'll probably just quit Wandering Maverick or sell it. And he was like, well, just keep it. Like, don't sell it right now. Just keep it. You're busy, this and that. And so we all know what happened in March. And I always want to say this, like not in a rude way at all. 
But all of that was probably one of the best things to happen to me, like the world shutting down for me to focus on me. Because you have these preconceived notions, like you go to college, you do this, you get your master's, you do that. Like I knew nothing else. Um, And so when that happened, I said, moved back. And I just saw Instagram posts the other day that I put and I said, being a stay-at-home business owner is a lot more fun than being a stay-at-home college student. And so I was able to really focus on my business during that time. And then I took my internship. It was done virtually. Big believer, internships are some of the best things you can do to find what you want to do in life. But I think it might be more important because you can find what you don't want to do in life. And I had a great internship process, but I just quickly realized that I had no joy in working for someone else and being glued to my computer into that aspect and like following all that. I didn't have the creativity that I wanted in it. Um, And so during my interview or during my internship process, I had a, they set up mock interviews for, you know, when you go start interviewing for a job. And truly the turning point of my business was there was a lady, she was 28 at the time. She was head of a cattle region and she's interviewing me and she gets to the end of it. And she said, do you have any questions for me? And I said, I do, but it doesn't necessarily pertain to the actual interview process, but more as your role in your job. And I said, as a young woman in agriculture, what challenges do you face in your current role and how do you overcome them? And her answer was what truly changed like the whole projection kind of my life. And she said she's 28 and she still walked into rooms with clients and they thought that she was the intern. And people just automatically assumed like she's the intern. Well, that month I launched my first support women in ag shirt and my first ag teacher box. Um, I did my keystone into the internship project. And during my presentation, I said, I'm going to take my business full-time for one year. Poultry science is a hundred percent job placement. If in one year I am not where I want to be in life, I'll reevaluate and go get a real job as everyone told me. And so what's really funny is I uh, had nowhere near the sales to sustain myself full-time. And that was July. And in August was the first month that I was like, oh, wow. Like we saw, 300% growth that month and like it's a total God thing and it's total like where you need to be and once you kind of align and like shift your focus um and your priorities so then I treated my senior year of college like I was running a business full-time and it's just so crazy and so at that point in time I was like I want my platform to not only advocate for agriculture but I want it to support women in ag and especially young women in agriculture and so that is where that kind of came in. And that's when I started having a direction and when I really saw the growth. Um, And then since then, we have added that we also want to support agriculture education because there's a lot of extension agents and ag teachers and future ag teachers who maybe don't have that support or that voice. And so we kind of want to just do those things. Um, Launched last year, our first Support Women in Ag Scholarship Program because I truly want to find those gaps and voids and those problems and try to offer either some assistance or a community to be able to come back to. And I'm sorry, I'm a very long-winded person today. 
No, that is so good and so interesting. And I think eye-opening for people who don't realize, like I owned a small business when I was 17 to 19 and it's so hard to do while in college. Like that's why I stopped because it is hard to run something out of a dorm room or to make the time when you have another job and other responsibilities and you took a chance on yourself and it has paid off. And so I love that so much. And every day in your life, I'm sure looks really different, but what does a typical day in your life look like as a business owner? Oh, absolutely. It looks way different. And it's funny. Somebody just asked my husband that this weekend, but a typical day in my life um, for the last about year and a half, I've been on like the health um, and workout journey. So I get up in the morning, I go to the gym. We finally have a gym in our little town. We no longer have to drive 30 minutes or do a home workout. It's awesome. So I get up, I go to the gym. I usually first part of the week spend most of the time in my office on my computer because I always say, thankfully for me, I have awesome, awesome employees and I'm able to do the work on my computer. They get caught up on orders and then kind of towards Thursday, Friday, I spend a little bit more time in the um, warehouse, but a lot of my work is done social media, website, graphic design, all of that. That's awesome. And I do know some of your team members and you do have a great team and your family and your husband are super supportive. And so I love seeing when y'all are all at an event working together. And I feel like everything is a big adventure to y'all. And so it's always fun to follow along. It is. We are just, I was planning out my road show season this morning and I said, oh, I haven't told my husband this, but we're leaving one day, we're going to Arkansas, then we're going to Georgia, then we're going to Oklahoma, and we'll come back two weeks later. <laughs> well, looking back, what is a piece of advice you would have given your younger self? There's a lot of advice I would have given myself from personally to business-wise, but I think the biggest one is God puts everything on your heart for a reason. And that his plan is better than any plan you can think of. And, you know, people say that, but it's not until you actually experience it that you're able to see and do those things on your own. Um, because, I mean, I knew I wanted to, like, run my own business, but worldly, everyone was telling me, like, you have to get a real job. And you'll never be successful, like small business success or failure rates high and all of this. So I think that's my biggest advice is honestly, just go for it. And I like to kind of look at things and I'm like, am I going to regret this when I'm older or in five years? Am I going to be thankful that I did this or will I regret this? And in this moment, is this contributing to the big goal that I want to get in life? So I think those are kind of my my top advice, um, like I said, I have a lot of things personally to sometimes being like, don't do that. Like sometimes I'm like back to my younger self, don't do that. No, stop. Um, but I'm a big believer. Everything happens for a reason. I agree with that. And hundred percent believe everything. I, my time at A&M was not great, but I know it happened for a reason and I wouldn't be where I am without that season of my life. And so firm believer in that as well. Moving forward, do you have any big future plans that you're willing to share on the podcast? Yes. So 
kind of for the future plans is we recently obtained our FFA licensing and there was a lot of back-end stuff we kind of had to do the last few months once we got it. So we um, submitted our first set of designs and we'll be launching our FFA soon. We are also launching our next Women in Agriculture Scholarship, which we are doubling the amount that we gave last year. So this year we will award 20 young women in ag scholarships. Um, right now we kind of have them all set at $500. So this year we plan on giving $10,000 away in scholarship money to um, high school seniors and college age undergrad graduate program because it's really hard to find scholarships when you're in college. And then we are hopefully, this, this is kind of on the vision board because you'd be surprised how many times we get questions about it is potentially launching some type of men's line or men's company to go along with our agriculture t-shirts. That is awesome and so fun and exciting. And I can't wait to follow along and keep up. And I love the giving back aspect. I think that's so important. And like you said, once you're in college, it is pretty hard to find scholarships. So I know you'll get lots of applicants last year. You did very well and you're always posting about, you know, turn it in correctly and completely because you have so many people that you want to be able to give stuff money to and they don't read the instructions. So I understand that. <laughs> well, I ask all my guests the same question on the podcast and that's if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? I really love this question because I like to say that t-shirts are like a walking billboard. And I always love when I get the messages. Recently, we got one and it said, I was checking out at the gas station. I was wearing my hashtag TJAG shirt. And the cashier said, what is ag? So then she said, it gave me the opportunity to be like, oh, I'm the agriculture teacher at our local high school. Like we're teaching kids all this about ag. So I think honestly, I would put any of my t-shirt designs or something like support women in agriculture on a billboard to, um, you know, just kind of get that like agriculture out there. And, but honestly, any of my t-shirt designs, I love the, I get to say that we are kind of like a quote unquote walking billboard. That is so true. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to sit down with me and answer some questions. And I know our listeners are really going to love this episode. Thank you, Tyler.